ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا وسيئات اعمالنا من يهديه الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد so last time we were on the chapter in kitab at-tawhid which was discussing this issue of Allah. When a person begins to say, if only I had done this, and if only I had done that, then this would have been different, and that would have been different, and this wouldn't have happened, and that wouldn't have happened. Then what is the ruling? In behaving in such a way, in having such types of thoughts, if only this and if only that, and that is the narration that we were currently discussing. The hadith which is in Sahih Muslim. The hadith of Abu Hurairah radiyallahu anhu. Anna Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam qal. Ihris ala ma yanfa'uk. Wasta'im billah. Wala ta'ajizan. Wa in asabaka shay'un fala taqul. لو أني فعلت كذا وكذا لكان كذا وكذا ولكن قل قدر الله وما شاء فعل فإن لو تفتح عمل الشيطان <coughs> In this hadith the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم said Strive for that which benefits you and seek aid and assistance from Allah and do not become weak and feeble. And if something overcomes you, then do not say, if only I had done such and such, then it would have been like something else and else. وَلَكِنْ قُلْ But rather say, قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ وَمَا شَاءَ فَعَلْ Allah has decreed the affair, and whatever He wills, He does. Because لَوْ when you start saying, if only I'd done this and if only I'd done that, it would have been different. When you start thinking in that way, then that opens up the door to the shaitan. فَإِنَّ لَوْ تَفْتَحُ عَمَلَ الشَّيْطَانِ It opens up the workings, the whisperings of the shaitan upon you. That you begin to think, if only this and if only that. So in this narration then, the Prophet ﷺ mentions, إِحْرِسْ عَلَى مَا يَنْفَعُكَ Strive after what benefits you. Strive after the things in this life that will benefit you, in this world and in the hereafter. Strive for what will bring you goodness in this world and in the hereafter. فَإِنَّ النَّفْعَ مَطْلُوبَ Because striving after that which has goodness in it for you, that is what is required. That you strive after the things that are going to benefit you in this world and in the hereafter. This statement of the Prophet wasallam. Therefore, also has another meaning to it. 
if the Prophet ﷺ is telling us to use our time and our effort and our striving for the things that will benefit us, then that at the same time indicates to us the prohibition of doing what? Wasting time going after things which are of no benefit to you. Within that statement is an indication of that. The Prophet ﷺ is telling us, use your time in what benefits you in this world and in the hereafter. That therefore means, it is prohibited for you to use your time in that which does not benefit you in this world or the hereafter. Useless things that have nothing for you. Useless things that will bring you no good in this world, nor in the hereafter. So a person does not strive after those types of affairs. Does not strive after this world, and the beauties of this world. We already covered previously, in our previous studies, the hadith, where the Prophet ﷺ mentioned, كُنْ فِي الدُّنْيَا كَأَنَّكَ غَرِيبَ أَوْ عَابِرَ سَبِيلَ Be in this world as if you are a stranger, or a traveler, a passerby. What does this narration mean? The same as what we are discussing here. Strive for what benefits, do not strive for what does not benefit. Be in this world as if you are a stranger or a passerby, meaning do not become settled in this world. Do not settle yourselves in this world as if it is your permanent residence, striving after all of the worldly affairs, striving after all of the worldly goods, striving after the wealth and the luxury and the possessions. Do not settle yourself into this world as if it is your permanent residence. Rather be in this world كَأَنَّكَ غَرِيبًا As if you are a stranger to it. Stranger to it. Not that it's your permanent residence. It's a strange place to you that you need to get out of and return to your permanent residence, which is the hereafter. أَوْ عَابِرَ Or be like a, stra- a passerby, a traveler that is passing through this world to go to the hereafter, the abode that will be everlasting. So that is what the Prophet ﷺ is mentioning, around the similar type of understanding and meaning, that strive for what benefits, do not strive for that which does not benefit. Do not strive after the glitters and the adornments and the beauties of this world. Things that will not benefit you, not now, not in the hereafter, but benefit and strive for that which will bring you goodness in this world and in the hereafter. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَاسْتَعِمْ بِاللَّهِ That don't try and do this yourself alone. You cannot do these things alone. Rather strive for goodness and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to aid you in that. Do not rely upon yourself. Do not rely upon your striving alone. Strive, but do not rely upon that and depend upon your own striving only. Rather strive and at the same time make dua to Allah constantly that He aids you in your affairs, 
that it brings facilitation and ease in your activities and what you are engaged in, that it puts ease into your obtaining or acquiring these goods that will benefit you in this world and in the hereafter. فَلَا تَعْتَمِدْ عَلَى الْحِرْصِ فَقَطْ Don't depend and rely on your striving alone. لَكِنْ مَعَ الْحِرْصِ اسْتَعِمْ بِاللَّهِ But rather, alongside your striving, on top of that, seek aid and assistance in Allah. لِأَنَّهُ لَا غِنَى لَكَ عَنِ اللَّهِ Because there is no self-sufficiency for you from Allah. You are not self-sufficient alone. You are in need of your Creator. You are one from amongst this creation in poverty before Him. So do not consider yourself to be self-sufficient alone. وَمَهْمَا بَذَلْتَ مِنَ الْأَسْبَابِ فَإِنَّهَا لَا تَنْفَعْ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ And no matter how much you strive from your ability and do what you can, that alone will not be the cause of success. Rather, it will only be if Allah allows it to be. If Allah decrees your striving to bring you success. So seek aid and assistance in Allah for that. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَلَا تَعْجَزَنَّ Oh, وَلَا تَعْجَزِنَّ Meaning, do not become weak and feeble. Do not become like some of the people who are weak and feeble. They have weak minds. They have feeble minds. They fall into a laziness, a slumber, that they cannot bring themselves to do anything of usefulness with their lives. Do not become weak and feeble in this way. That you cannot strive, that you cannot attempt to achieve the goodness of this world and the hereafter. Do not become weak and feeble in seeking knowledge. As one of the fundamentals, do not become weak and feeble when it comes to seeking knowledge. Sitting and relaxing in the comfort of your homes, and you cannot bring yourselves to arise from your homes and to exit, to go and attend the gatherings of knowledge. If you cannot, then you are from the weak and the feeble. So do not be from these masakin, from the weak and the feeble who cannot bring themselves enough energy and strength to overcome that slumber, that laziness that has overcome them from the whisperings of the shaitan, to overcome that feebleness. If they cannot do that, then they are upon a state which is not a desirable state. So be from those who are not overcome by this feebleness and this weakness, but have strength in your affair, have resoluteness in your affair, in striving for the knowledge, in striving for that which will benefit you in this world and the hereafter, striving to learn the Qur'an and the Sunnah, and not being lazy, not being overcome by weakness. Wal'ajz. And the shaykh says, it is al-kasal wal-ihmal, laziness and negligence. So do not fall into laziness and, and negligence. 
And the meaning of this weakness and feebleness isn't physical weakness and feebleness here. If somebody was physically weak and feeble, that's the way his body is, he's not accountable upon that. But the meaning here is referring to your mindset. In your mindset, if you make yourself weak and feeble, and you do not strive for knowledge or what benefits you, then that is what is dispraiseworthy in you. The weakness and feebleness of your mindset. That you are lazy and you have no strength to bring yourself to learn and to memorize the Quran and to memorize the Hadith and to learn and to study because of your feeble mind and your weak mind. That is what is criticized here. So do not fall into that. And do not fall into ithar raha into giving precedence to relaxation and comfort. To relax and to be in comfort and ease. Sitting around with the family relaxing. Sitting around in restaurants eating. Going out on excursions. Relaxing. Do not fall into giving precedence to ease and relaxation and comfort over and above what benefits you and striving for what benefits you in this world and the hereafter. Because striving for what benefits you in this world and in the hereafter, it requires effort, it is not easy. And it brings about tiredness upon a person. And that's why the scholars, they say, one of the types of patience that is required, a sabru ala ta'atillah, to be patient upon the worship of Allah. Because worship, it requires effort. It requires for a person to remove himself from the ease and the facilitation and the relaxation and to strive and to put effort in. So that is what is required of an individual and not that a person gives priority to relaxing, gives priority for comfort and ease and relaxation, but rather you strive for knowledge and you strive to attend the gatherings and you strive to be upon obedience and knowledge in your worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then the Prophet ﷺ said, وَإِنْ أَصَابَكَ شَيْءٍ After you are striving now, and you are seeking aid and assistance in Allah, if something overcomes you, if something overcomes you, some difficulty, some hardship, some calamity, then in that instance, when something overcomes you from the difficulties, then do not start saying in a weak and feeble manner, if only I had done this, and if only I hadn't done that, and if only this, and if only that, then it would have been this, and it would have been that. Do not begin to start saying, if only this, and if only that, because then you have ended up in that weak and feeble mindset again. You have ended up in that weakness, in that undesirable state of feebleness in your mind, that you have no strength left, and you sit there depressed, if only this, and if only that. This is not the way of a believer. So if something occurs to you which you dislike, from the difficulties of the hardships, after you've been striving, and you've been seeking aid and assistance in Allah to aid you, and you have left weakness and feebleness, 
and you have been striving with strength. So after all of that, after all of that, still something ends up overcoming you which is disliked to you. Something ends up overcoming you, overwhelming you, which is from the affairs that you dislike. بعدما تعمل هذه الأسباب إذا أصابك شيء عكس ما تريد وعكس ما تطلب فلا تجزع. Then do not become upset and weak and depressed, thinking, but I've been striving, I've been putting all the effort in, I've been making dua, seeking aid and assistance in Allah, yet still these difficulties are overcoming me. Do not fall into that type of mindset, because then the shaitan has overcome you again. That you sit there thinking, I've been striving, I've been doing it all, yet still these hardships and difficulties are coming. Rather, you should recognize that if they come, you've been striving, you've been doing it all, but still the difficulties they come, then you recognize it is because all of this is decreed from Allah. You recognize this is the decree of Allah. And therefore you are patient again, and that is another level of patience. Asabru ala mu'lima. To be patient upon the difficulties of the decree. So when those occur, you remember that this is from the decree of Allah. All of the affairs are from the decree of Allah. And nothing overcomes you except that it's from the decree of Allah. Like in the hadith it mentions, لَوْ أَنَّ النَّاسَ يَجْتَمَعُوا عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَنْفَعُوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَنْفَعُوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ لَكَ وَلَوْ أَنَّ النَّاسَ يَجْتَمَعُوا عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَضُرُّوكَ بِشَيْءٍ لَمْ يَضُرُّوكَ إِلَّا بِشَيْءٍ قَدْ كَتَبَهُ اللَّهُ عَلَيْكَ If all of the people got together to try and plan some harm against you, they would not be able to unless it was something which was decreed by Allah. They wouldn't be able to do anything. If all of the people got together to do some wrong to you, they wouldn't be able to. Unless it was something decreed by Allah. And if all of the people came together to do some good for you, no matter how many of those people are, how powerful they are, they would not be able to unless it was something that Allah had decreed for you. So you know that this is from the decree of Allah, whatever occurs. Therefore you are patient upon the difficulties and hardships that may come. Allah mentioned in the Quran, وَعَسَىٰ أَن تَكْرَهُوا شَيْئًا وَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ وَعَسَىٰ أَن تُحِبُّوا شَيْئًا وَهُوَ شَرٌ لَكُمْ وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ That maybe sometimes you hate something, but actually it is good for you. And sometimes you may be love something, but actually it is, as Allah says in the Quran, bad for you. Indeed, Allah knows, and you do not know. Wallahu ya'alam, Allah knows, وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ But you do not know. So sometimes, sometimes, maybe a person is striving after something, but it does not occur for him. Maybe that could be, that this affair you were striving for was actually badness for you. Could be. And Allah removed it from you. And the opposite, maybe something you desire not to occur to you. And you dislike that it occurs to you, but it is decreed that it occurs. Because maybe within that, is actually a good and a benefit that arises for you. 
And that's why Allah says, you do not know, but Allah knows. Allah knows what is of goodness for you and what is not. Maybe sometimes you dislike something, but there's goodness in it for you. And sometimes you love something to have it, but there would be harm in it for you to have it. So Allah knows and you do not know. But then, if some difficulty does overcome you, some affair which you dislike, then the Prophet ﷺ said, لا تقل لو أني فعلت كذا لكان كذا وكذا Don't start saying, if only I'd done this, then it would have been this and it would have been that. أرجع هذا إلى قضاء الله وقدره Instead, you need to return these affairs back to the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not start saying, if only this, then that would have happened, and if only that, then this would have happened. Rather, you return these affairs back to the decree of Allah. And you say, قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ Allah has decreed the affair. وَمَا شَاءَ And whatever Allah wishes, whatever Allah wills, He does. This is from the greatest of the reasons. If a person understood this properly, it would bring about peace to his heart. It would bring about tranquility to the heart of an individual. Serenity and peace to the heart of an individual. The one who recognizes that whatever occurs, it is the decree of Allah. But as for the one who does not recognize this, then the shaitan whispers to him and the door is opened for the shaitan. And the person sits there, if only this and if only that, their whole life is wasted in regret, if only this and if only that. And they have no idea what would have occurred if only this and if only that. But the shaitan opens up those whisperings upon them. A person needs to realize, الَّذِي مَنَعَهُ عَنْكَ لَيْسَ هُوَ فِعْلُكَ أَوْ تَرْكُكَ If something has not occurred for you, then it's not because of if only you did this and if only you did that. It's not about what you did and what you didn't do. Rather, this is what Allah decreed for you now. You can't sit there and say, but if only I'd been 10 minutes earlier, I would have got it. You don't know. 10 minutes earlier, like we said, if you'd gone there 10 minutes earlier, maybe you'd have been in an accident and died on the way. How do you know? So you cannot sit there and say, if only this and if only that. Rather, this is the decree how it has happened now. What has happened, has happened that way. That is the decree of Allah upon you. And maybe... The shaykh says, sometimes when something occurs to you and you think it to be bad, it could be that Allah has actually decreed some good for you in it. But maybe later on, time will tell that this particular matter actually turned out in your benefit. At the time, you may think this is something bad, but later on, it may be revealed the way events fold out, the way events turn out that it was actually something good for you how it happened. So perhaps Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala causes something to occur for you which you do not recognize and realize at that time. And later on there may be benefit in it for you. And that is what the ayah said, وَعَصَىٰ أَن تُحِبُّوا شَيْئًا Maybe sometimes you love something but it's bad for you. And previous to that, وَعَصَىٰ أَن تَكْرَهُوا شَيْئًا وَهُوَ خَيْرٌ لَكُمْ Maybe you hate something but it's actually good for you. So a person should not ever Cannot ever, it is a prohibition, sit there and start saying if only this and if only that. Rather you submit to the decree of Allah. So the affair of a believer 
شأن المؤمن الذي يؤمن بالقضاء والقدر so the believer who believes in the decree this is how he is he is content to the decree and recognizes it is all the will of Allah ما شاء الله كان وما لم يشأ لم يكن whatever Allah wills it occurs and whatever Allah does not will then it does not occur أما المنافق وضعيف الإيمان فإنه إذا أصابه شيء يكرهه جزع وتسخط وقال جزع وتسخط وقال هذا بسبب فلان وهذا بسبب أني ما عملت كذا وكذا If something bad happens to somebody who is a weak believer weak in his iman then for that type of person when something bad happens the sheikh says he will sit there saying this only happened to me because of such and such it's all his fault he did this and he did that and if only he didn't this and only he didn't that or he will start saying this all happened because I did such and such and I shouldn't have done this and I should have done that and this all happened because I didn't know about X, Y and Z if only I'd known about that then this I couldn't have done, this, I couldn't have done that but all of this type of speech is from the weak believer the weak believer is the one who allows the shaitan to come and enter this type of speech into his heart as for the strong believer, he realizes it is the decree he is content and he is satisfied and he asks Allah to bring about ease if that difficulty has occurred. وَمَن يَتَّقِ اللَّهَ يَجْعَلْ لَهُ مَخْرَجًا Whomsoever fears Allah, then Allah will make him a way out. فَإِنَّ مَعَ الْعُسْرِ يُسْرَى Indeed with difficulty comes ease. So the strong believer recognizes all of that and remains firm in his worship and obedience and his patience. But the weak believer, they are the ones who fall into this depression and feebleness of mind. So the Prophet said, if you start saying low, if only, then shaytan, it will open up the door to the shaytan who will whisper to you all types of doubts and all types of concerns, all types of worries, all types of anxiety. You waswisu laka. وَيُلْقِي عَلَيْكَ الْأَوْهَامِ Shaitan will start whispering to you and put all types of imaginary ideas in your head. If only this, then maybe that would have happened, and maybe that would have happened, and maybe this wouldn't have happened this way. All types of imaginary ideas. The shaitan will waste your time with all types of imaginary ideas. يُلْقِي عَلَيْكَ الْأَوْهَامِ وَيُلْقِي عَلَيْكَ الْقَلَقَ النَّفْسِ And he will put into you, whisper into you, a great degree of self-anxiety. You fall into an anxiety, uh, into anxiousness. You fall into this anxiety, into this discomfort, into the depression. You fall into all of this emotional state. The shaitan, he causes that to occur. تُصْبِحُ فِي هَمٍ وَغَمٍ وَحُزْنٍ And you therefore end up in grief and concern and anxiety. And your state becomes like the state of those who are in that type of depression and anxiety and mental illnesses because of it. As for if you close this door from the beginning and do not allow the shaitan to whisper all of these things to you, you block out the shaitan from these whisperings, then you have blocked and stopped all of this evil from entering into you and all of these whisperings to enter into you. 
And instead you know in your heart it is the decree of Allah and you are content with that. That is how the strong believer should be. So when you say low, if only this, if only that, that is the opening of the door to the shaitan. But if you say instead, قَدَّرَ اللَّهُ وَمَا شَاءَ وَفَعَلُ وَمَا شَاءَ فَعَلُ Allah has decreed and whatever He decrees or whatever He wills occurs, that is the closing of the door to the shaitan. If you want to open the door to the shaitan, you fall into if only this, if only that. But if you want to block and close the door to the shaitan, then do not sit there if only this, if only that. Instead, recognize that this is the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. كتب الله مقادير الخلائق قبل أن يخلق السماوات والأرض بخمسين ألف سنة. Allah wrote down the decree of all of the affairs that are to occur 50,000 years before the creation of the heavens and the earth. أول ما خلق الله القلم قال له اكتب قال ما اكتب قال اكتب كل ما هو كائن إلى يوم القيامة. When Allah created the pen, He said to it, write the pen. Said, what shall I write? Allah said, write all of what will occur up until the day of judgment. So that decree, it is written, it is in the preserved tablet, في اللوح المحفوظ. So a person recognizes that, has iman in that, and so doesn't open up the whisperings of the shaitan, if only, if only. Rather he recognizes it is the decree, what's happened has happened. Now you strive for what goodness there is for you. Strive and ask Allah to remove the difficulty that has occurred. Strive in obedience and worship and improve and increase in that. And ask Allah for aid and assistance in your affairs. That is how the strong believer is. <coughs> so what do we learn from this chapter? Firstly, the obligation to have iman in the decree of Allah. The obligation to have iman in the decree of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And this is a pillar of iman. In the hadith of Jibreel, when Jibreel alayhi salam said to the Prophet akhbirni anil iman. Tell me about iman. The Prophet said, أَن تُؤْمِنَ بِاللَّهِ وَمَلَائِكَتِهِ وَكُتُبِهِ وَرُسُلِهِ وَالْيَوْمِ الْآخِرِ وَأَن تُؤْمِنَ بِالْقَدَرِ خَيْرِهِ وَشَرِّهِ That you believe in Allah and in His angels and in His books and in His prophets and in the Day of Judgment and that you believe in the decree, it's good and it's bad. So this is one of the pillars of Iman. Also what we learn from this is the obligation to abandon this statement if only this and if only that and if only this and if only that. To abandon this type of depressed speech, feeble and weak speech. We also learn that a person instead of falling into that type of weakness and feebleness needs to actually do the opposite which is strive for what benefits you in this world and in the hereafter. Strive for what benefits you in this world and in the hereafter. We also benefit 
that a person, no matter how much he strives, you cannot depend upon yourself. You strive, put all your effort in, but then alongside that you must supplicate to Allah and ask Allah to aid you and give you what you require. You are not self-sufficient alone. So strive, but then together with that goes the dua to Allah, asking aid and assistance from Allah. <coughs> we also learn the impermissibility of becoming weak and feeble and losing your strength. Becoming weak and feeble and losing your mindset of strength and resoluteness. That this is not the way of a believer, this is not the way of a strong believer. Because this hadith, this hadith that we are studying, (coughs) there is a beginning section to it. This hadith which mentions... Strive for that which benefits you and ask Allah for aid and assistance and do not become weak. What is the beginning of the hadith in fact? What is the beginning of this particular narration? This is the section we've quoted for the purposes of this chapter. But the full hadith, how does it begin in fact? المؤمن القوي خير وأحب إلى الله من المؤمن الضعيف وفي كل خير. The hadith actually begins where the Prophet ﷺ mentioned that the strong believer is better and more beloved to Allah than the weak believer. And in all of them there is goodness. Even the weak believer is a believer, has iman, there is some goodness in him. But the strong believer there is greater goodness in The strong believer is more beloved to Allah. What is meant by the strong believer? Strong how? In Iman. Strength of Iman. And yes, the scholars, they mention physical strength in that is something that can be included as a secondary meaning. Because a person who is physically fit and healthy, that aids the person upon Obedience, worship to Allah. As for a person who is lazy and weak physically, doesn't bother with his body and health, then that person will find it difficult to worship, difficult to stand in the prayer for a long time, difficult to perform other physical acts of worship because he is lazy in his body and physically weak. So physically being fit and healthy, that is partially in it. That is partially within it. Because a believer who is fit and healthy in his body, that will mean he is better able to worship Allah. He is better able to uh, perform the worship and to strive and to put more energy and effort into it. But a person who is weak in his body and gives no attention to staying healthy, then that person will become weak and will not be able to do the type of worship or the amount of worship as somebody who is fit and healthy. So being fit and healthy is part of it, no doubt. But primarily, primarily the meaning here is Iman. The believer that is strong in Iman is better than the believer who is weak in Iman. Yes, there is goodness in both of them, but the believer who is strong in Iman is better than the believer who is weak in Iman. Also, we learnt in this narration the reason why it is impermissible to say, if only this and if only that. One of the reasons behind that is because by doing that, it 
opens the door to the shaitan. That statement opens the door to the whisperings of the shaitan. And also, it indicates a deficiency in the tawheed of a person. The one who sits there saying, if only this, if only that, sits there with his mind wandering off into uh, unlimited possibilities and imaginations of what could have occurred and how it could have occurred, when in reality none of that is reality, then that type of person, he has opened the door to the shaitan. But you close the door to the shaitan by saying, no, this is the decree of Allah. What has occurred, has occurred in the manner that it has occurred. And there is no usefulness at all in thinking and imagining possibilities. If only this, then maybe that, and if only that, and maybe this. So that indicates that the reason, one of the reasons is because it opens the door to the shaitan and it shows the weakness of that person's tawheed. That he is not recognizing and submitting and realizing the decree of Allah. That this is the decree of Allah. A person who is strong in his iman, strong in his tawheed, recognizes it's the decree of Allah what has occurred. When you look at the prophets and the messengers, when they found themselves in calamity and difficulty and hardship, the enemies attacking them, you didn't find them in types of weakness now that you see the people in. You would find the prophets and messengers in those conditions, in those states of hardship and difficulty, facing death from the enemies, yet still with complete trust in Allah, complete dependence in Allah. When Musa salam was fleeing from Pharaoh, who was coming after them to kill them, when they came to the water, they came to the Red Sea, they couldn't cross, they had no boats, nothing, it was impossible to get across. Backwards, if they went that way, they couldn't, because Pharaoh and his army were right there. Pharaoh and his army were right behind them, so they couldn't go that way. Turn around, in front of them the sea. They couldn't cross over that way. So the people said to Musa alayhi salam what? The ones who were with Musa alayhi salam, when they saw this situation, behind them the enemy, in front of them the water, stuck. Nowhere to go. They said to Musa alayhi salam, Inna lamudrakun. They said, we've been caught, that's it. We've been caught. But Musa alayhi salam, he said to them, Huh? Musa alayhi salam, he encouraged them. He said, no, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, have your trust and your dependence, Allah is with us. And in reality, what occurred? Allah gave the command to Musa alayhi salam to strike his staff into the water and the 12 pathways they opened up and they crossed safely. When you look at the story of Ibrahim alayhi salam, when they built the fire, threw him into the fire to burn him alive and kill him. Do you see any weakness? Rather from Ibrahim alayhi salam, what did he say? Hasbi Allah wa ni'mal wakil. Allah is sufficient for me and the best of protectors. Allah is sufficient for me and the best of protectors. There is no weakness, there is no feebleness. Complete trust and dependence in Allah, even when facing death, let alone anything else. The highest thing facing death, fire built, thrown into it. Yet Ibrahim alayhi salam, he says, Allah is the best of protectors, Allah is sufficient for me. This is the way of the prophets and messengers, and this is the way of a strong believer. As for the weak and the feeble, then they are the masakin. And that weakness and feebleness, how does it arise within a person?
How do you stop yourself from being weak and feeble? And make yourself from the strong believers. How? That is from the greatest of the means as the scholars they say. From the greatest of the means to increase your iman and to become from the strong believers, the scholars say it is seeking knowledge. Because the more you seek knowledge, the more you learn about the sunnah. The more you learn about the types of things the Prophet ﷺ used to say and do, how the companions used to live, the more you learn about those things, the more it encourages you. The more you learn about the Qur'an, the more you realize what Allah is commanding us and prohibiting us from. The more you become acquainted with that Qur'an, the more you become involved with that knowledge, the more you become acquainted with it, the more it enters into you, then the more your iman increases and makes you a stronger believer. But the one who is weak in all of that, has no knowledge, doesn't strive for knowledge, doesn't care, doesn't bother to attend, doesn't bother to learn, doesn't bother to memorize, doesn't give any focus to that. It's only a secondary thing in their lives. Like for many people, seeking knowledge is only a secondary thing. If they have time, we'll do some seeking knowledge, we'll learn some Qur'an, we'll memorize some hadith, if you can find time. But the primary thing is, we need to go shopping today. We need to go here today, we need to go do that today. Secondary, if we find time, we'll do some seeking knowledge at the end of the day. That is the way people are. And it is a mistake. Primary focus should be, how much Qur'an am I going to memorize today? How much am I going to read today? How many hadith am I going to memorize this week? That should be the primary focus. Secondary focus, what you're going to buy from Asda afterwards. This is how it should be, but it's not. It's opposite. And because it is opposite, when the people are giving focus to other things over and above knowledge first, then they end up in weakness. Because they have very little understanding of what is in the Qur'an. They have memorized very little of what is in the Qur'an. They have little understanding of what is in the Sunnah, of what the Prophet ﷺ said. So when they have such little knowledge in their hearts, what are they going to fall back on? Whenever anything happens to them, due to that void in their heart, lack of knowledge, lack of understanding... They have nothing to fall back on, and so the weakness and feebleness occurs. But when a person has that knowledge, knows the narrations, knows how the prophets and messengers were when they faced those difficulties in death, then when the difficulties come to him, he has something to fall back on. He remembers all of that knowledge, he remembers the narrations, the ayat, and then that brings the strength to him. So the greatest means of strengthening yourselves is through knowledge. Knowledge is what brings about the increase in iman. The scholars, they all mention that the greatest way to increase your iman is through seeking knowledge. So we should strive upon that. That's the end of the chapter. We'll leave it at the end of that particular chapter. If there's any questions, we can do so. Otherwise, we'll conclude. Uh, next week, are you going to do a salim or something? Inshallah, the, this Kitab al-Tawheed won't be on next week. But inshallah, there will still be a different lecture on. But the text messages will go around. Make sure you signed up to the text message service. The messages will go around the Twitter that will uh, advertise it too. Inshallah, there will be a, a substitute lesson on next week. But this will carry on within two weeks' time, inshallah. Wa sallallahu ala Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. A person who says that 
must be somebody who is ignorant. Because that type of person, at least, at least ignorant of the sciences of hadith. Because anybody who has studied the sciences of hadith, then you will come to recognize the characteristics that are required for the authenticity of narrations. In a nutshell, obviously the narrators need to be truthful. They need to be truthful and their narrations need to therefore be reliable based upon their truthfulness. If a narrator is a liar, obviously that narration can't be accepted, it's weak, it's fabricated. So the narrators need to be truthful. That's why the scholars, they used to mention that sometimes they would narrate even from who? The khawarij. How could they possibly narrate from the khawarij? Khawarij comes along and tells you there's a hadith that he heard from such and such, such and such, gives you the chain. And you're going to accept that? How? Why? Because the khawarij, from their belief, a person who commits a major sin, dies upon it, is kafir. That's the belief they hold in their hearts. That's their aqidah. Which therefore means they don't, they don't lie and fall into that. Because they believe if you do that, become kafir. So they make sure they stay away from that type of thing. As much as the deviance they may have, the deviance they may have of killing and bloodshed and everything else, when it comes to these types of things, no, if you do that, kufr, kufr. So the khawarij used to be very careful of these things. So the scholars said, well, taking that into consideration, that means the narrations are actually legitimate what they're narrating because they won't lie in them. If they do, they themselves believe they've become kuffar. So then the scholars used to say, in that angle, from that perspective, just the narrations can be given consideration. Whereas obviously their manhaj and everything else refuted and rebuked. Kuffar even some of the scholars said about them. You know, other, other scholars mentioned about them. But from those who... Considered their narrations, they considered them because of that factor. So even if you find sometimes certain narrators who had issues mentioned about them, those issues have no relevance to the authenticity of narrations. That's the first point. Second point is, even if that exists, how and where is the connection between that and sitting with the people of innovation and taking knowledge from the people of innovation now. Those in those times, the Salaf, they used to find with a, with a sieve, with a sieve, very carefully check through every single detail. Carefully check through this man. Can we take his narration or not? And then maybe sometimes they would give the consideration to the narrations. Nowadays, how is that comparable? Nowadays, these people... How are they comparable to the change of narration and the Salaf and those great people in those times? How are you going to say now we can go and sit with the people of innovation because some of the chains have people who had issues in them, which means the Salaf took knowledge from them? Nonsense. The Salaf used to examine with precision who and what these people are. You have books now, 30, 40 volumes on biographies of the narrators. Biographies in detail about who this man was, what he was, what he did. And then, after all of that research, the Salaf, the great scholars, would maybe give consideration to something from them. How is that comparable now to going and sitting with all types of individuals, upon all types of uh, uh, misguidance, all types of deviation? This is just a doubt they try to bring. Anything to clutch onto straws. 
They want to try to have this ikhwani manhaj of sitting with everybody. So they need some type of proof which looks legitimate. So they say, look, chains of narration. The muhaddithin. They used to narrate from people who had slight issues, some of the scholars said. So therefore, we can go sit with these people who have slight issues on technology too. This is the type of doubts they want to bring. And these doubts, they have not been mentioned except by the people of deviation. Do you ever hear anyone from Ahlul Sunnah saying these types of things? Any of the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah throughout the time, the scholars of Ahlul Sunnah of our time, giving you these types of examples? Look, change of narration, therefore you can go sit with people of innovation? Absolute nonsense. So in reality, these are doubts that they bring to you. They want to try and catch something out somewhere where they know people won't really be able to respond. Chains of narration, all these types of things, not many people will know about it. So they bring out something like this to try and put some doubt to the people. Look, it's okay to go sit with the people of innovation. But we know the methodology of the Salaf. We know the methodology of Ahl Sunnah. Clearly mentioned in the books of Aqidah. Do not sit with the people of innovation. You do not take knowledge from them. Indeed, this knowledge that you are acquiring, it is knowledge of your religion. So look carefully to where you take your religion from. So, we leave it there. Inshallah ta'ala, we'll carry on in two weeks' time. Next week, inshallah, there'll still be a lecture on, but the advertisement will go out.